Welcome to All My Children Wear Fur Coats with Peggy Hoyt. Our goal is to keep loved pets in loving homes by educating pet parents about the importance of ensuring every pet has a forever home. For more information about creating a legacy for your pet or to listen to archive shows, visit AnimalCareTrustUSA.org or LegacyForYourPet.com. Join your host, author, estate planning attorney, and animal advocate, Peggy Hoyt. Hello, pet lovers. Welcome to All My Children Wear Fur Coats. I'm your host, Peggy Hoyt. This show is brought to you by the law offices of Hoyt and Brian, where we create estate plans for pets and their people. Also brought to you by Animal Care Trust USA, a national nonprofit dedicated to keeping loved pets in loving homes. We do this by educating pet parents about the importance of getting a pet trust for their loved pet. We also provide trustee services. Today, we have the privilege of meeting and talking with Leslie Grinnell, and she and her husband, Ed, have been living with dogs with disabilities for over 27 years. Welcome to the show, Leslie. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. So you and your husband, Ed, are doing something um, interesting in the world of dogs, um, and your website is called eddieswheels.com. So tell us all about that. Sure. So uh, this was not a business we had intended to be in, but uh, 33 years ago, our dog woke up paralyzed and she was um, the greatest dog. You know, she was a, a Doberman. She was 10 years old. And this was 30, 30 odd years ago. And uh, there was not much help out there for dogs with disabilities. Um, I took her to the vet. The vet said, well, you can, you can try a back surgery. Uh, it'll run you about $10,000 at Tufts, and there's no guarantee. Or I can just euthanize her for you um, because she's a big, heavy dog. She weighed 80 pounds. And I said, well, that's not an option. So I brought her home. They gave her some anti-inflammatories that had no effect. Um, she was not in any particular pain. Her appetite was good. My husband, who's a mechanical engineer, was actually in Wisconsin at the time. So um, I called him up and told him what was going on. And um, he said, well, euthanasia is out of the question. I said, I agree. So uh, he came home and he looked at the skeleton of a dog and figured out a way to support her in such a way as to cause no pain and no further injury to her back. And his boss, who was a, a pug lover, encouraged him. And so he, he made her the first wheelchair and she used it for six months. And then four months into it, she started using her legs again. And three months after that, she was walking without the wheelchair. So we thought, well, that's a miracle. Fantastic. And it became a hobby for Ed for an, about 10 years. Um, and then in 1999, his own disabilities were getting in the way of his ability to work for corporate America. So he decided to turn uh, a hobby into a business. And that's when Eddie's Wheel started in 1999. I love that. So story. it has, yeah, it's a great story. You know, it's just like the universe decided this is your calling. And, um, and I, at the time when we decided to do it as a business, I was 
had been a potter for 20 odd years. I had started a gallery. I was selling everything I made. Um, but nobody was giving me hugs and kisses and bursting into tears over a coffee mug or a vase. And every time we put a dog in a wheelchair, we just was getting flooded with love and appreciation. So it, it obviously was going to be the next step in our lives. So I love how the universe uh, does knock on our door sometimes in unexpected ways um, that we feel like maybe are tragedies and then they turn out to be blessings. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, we are very lucky that we live, we live in a beautiful place, um, a small town in Western Massachusetts, but we're only about two hours away from New York and Boston and Albany so as soon as we started the business, the local newspaper wrote an, an article and put us on the front page and the phone started ringing. <laughs> Amazing. Um, and then I, I, uh, we had no money for advertising. So I wrote a little letter to uh, Whole Dog Journal and another one to National Geographic because both of those publications had recently had articles about dogs in wheelchairs. Uh, but we weren't on the scene yet. So I, I wrote letters, they got published. And uh, out of those two letters, we got a few hundred orders, um, which was pretty amazing. Yeah, that's a so, lot of orders, actually, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, it was over the course of a year or two, but that's how people found out about us. It was um, guerrilla marketing, you know, word of mouth. Uh, internet um, bulletin boards and chat rooms. Um, we uh, One of the first customers we got out of that was a woman whose dog had degenerative myelopathy, which was a disease we were completely unaware of, and she educated us about it. So we learned from our customers about a disease that is probably... Uh, responsible for half our business, unfortunately. Yeah. So. Oh, wow. But look at all the dogs you've been able to assist. Yeah, I know. I know. It's it's a tragic illness. You know, it's like ALS and dogs. Um, but it, it's a slow and progressive uh, disability. And once I got past the tragedy that these dogs were now mortal and on short time, I began to understand that they didn't feel sorry for themselves. They were happy to be given some help. <laughs> as long as you love me and feed me and take me for a walk, life is good. So, you know, I, I met so many fantastic dogs with the, um, over the years. So they have been inspiring. Yes, they are always positive and their stories are always heartwarming. And uh, I love your motto, too, for your business. Uh, we test our product on animals. Yes, we do. <laughs> Absolutely. Our whole Every product day. line. Yeah. Our whole product line is, is based on our experience and our customers' experience. So um, tell us a fact, little bit yeah, about the different types of products. So we make a full line of, of uh, mobility cards. Rear wheel carts, front wheel carts, quad carts, lightweight walkers, um, hybrid designs that are 
carts with additional wheels if they dog has a particular need for a special uh, special things like we make front wheel carts um, and they only have two wheels and they can tip over. Uh, dogs learn how to how to ride them like a bicycle. Um, but if, for instance, we just had a, an order for a little dog that has brittle bone disease, so she can't tip over in her cart, yeah, it would be um, terrible if she did. So we make a, an additional set of wheels in the front called tip wheels to inoculate the cart from injuring the dog. Um, so, you know, Ed, Ed is very inventive. And as people have come to us with different mobility challenges, um, the designs have evolved. Um, I'll never forget the woman who came to us. <clears throat> it, was a, it was a terrible story. Um, she came out of an abusive domestic situation and this dog had pretty much saved her life because when he started picking on the dog, that's when she got the courage to leave. So, um, so she brought this beautiful uh, German Shepherd, and he was in the more advanced stages of DM and very weak in the front. Um, but she really felt like she owed this dog her life. So, um, on the basis of that, Ed designed the first counterbalanced cart that took weight off her front end, so that she could continue to walk in a wheelchair. Um, so, you know, it's stories like that, and I'll never forget her because it was early and she, she came to our premises and facilities, and it was like, okay, <laughs> there's a message from the universe, Ed. Right. There's another one, right? <laughs> Got to do something here. We can't send her away because the dog's weak in the front end. So that was the first counterbalance cart. Um, uh, Eventually, we learned to make detachable front wheels for those dogs as well, so they could have a little more tr transition time until it got to the point where they had no mobility at all. Um, so, so we do those things. Um, yeah, and, and from mm -hmm. your gallery, it looks like there's lots of very happy success stories. Um, yep. Lots and lots of dogs doing lots of different activities. Um, regardless of their level of disability. And even one looked like a border collie that was jumping in his cart. Oh, that's Roosevelt, who's our inspirational border collie. He was born, he was, he was born with deformities in his front legs. And that's why they named him Roosevelt. Um, and um, he came to us when he was less than six months old. New England Border Collie Rescue brought him. Um, we made him his first wheelchair then, and he was all border collie. I mean, chasing balls, chasing frisbees. I remember the first time we had a slope in our in our property, so somebody threw a frisbee, went to get it, and it was on the downhill slope. So when he reached down, car tipped over, and he did a somersault. So then. He got himself back up again, and he figured out that all he had to do was turn himself around and pick things up from the downhill side of the slope. So he's a very intelligent dog. Roosevelt also has a bunch of videos on YouTube. Um, you can see Roosevelt downhill skiing in Rangeley, Maine, in, 
in his wheelchair. Oh my um, gosh. <laughs> playing on the beach in in Portland. He's he was part of a pack of uh, border collies. He led an incredible life. Um he inspired hundreds of other dog owners to get front wheel carts because he was so um active and happy and he was in his cart for 12 years. He just died a year ago. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. I know. So it looks but, like there's a few specific breeds maybe that tend to have um, more problems than maybe other breeds. I see um, a lot of corgis on your gallery. I see a lot of dachshunds, mm -hmm. a lot of German shepherds. Yeah. 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 We see dogs with um, the most common disabilities are intervertebral disc disease. And those are the, um, the dachshunds. Mm -hmm. And uh, sadly, uh, this year, past couple of years, it's the French Bulldogs. Um, Frenchies are incredibly popular these days. They're being inbred and overbred um, and they have really bad backs. So we're making Lots of cards for French bulldogs and dachshunds. Uh -huh. um, pugs have a, a constellation of skeletal issues that they now are lumping together as uh, pug myelopathy. We make a lot of cards for pugs. Um, and then the, uh, the dogs with DM are mostly uh, corgis, German shepherds, um, boxers are the top three. Okay. Um, but it, DM is actually present in 100 breeds um, when they genetically test for DM. It's shown up in 100 breeds. Oh, my gosh. Hard to believe, isn't yeah. it? Oh, yeah. Bernese Mountain Dogs, Standard Poodles, Wheaton Terriers, Airedales, showing up in pit bulls now. Oh, I don't know. I don't know, but... I don't know if this is a genetic mutation because of environmental issues or whether it's always been there. We just, as we continue to um, want to have full-blooded dogs, the gene pool gets more and more concentrated. So it makes it easier to pass on genetic defects. Absolutely. Well, and um, I'm just so grateful that you found your passion, you and Eddie, and uh, looks like you've made it a family affair with your daughter as part of the business as well. Yes, my daughter has taken over Ed's job. She does a fantastic job. Uh, she grew up in the business. She was in sixth grade when we got serious about it. So she's lived with dogs in wheelchairs most of her life. Um, and, you know, as she was learning the design work, she was also working with me in the office and doing a lot of fitting and measuring and taking dogs out for their trial runs. And so she, she really has a, a fantastic intuition now about it, um, which you can only get from experience. You know? That is true. And then you, you had a couple of dogs that, um, not just the one that um, inspired the product, but you've had others that have needed um, your product as well? Well, you know, once we started to do it as a business, we decided we had to adopt dogs that had a need for a cart. 
So the first one was Daisy, our dachshund, because we didn't know anything about dachshunds. I didn't even like dachshunds. I thought they were kind of mean. <laughs> but uh, Daisy was a sweetheart. Uh, her, she, uh, she came from Jersey City, and she only spoke Spanish. So I had to learn some Spanish. Um, and she was, um, had four herniated discs and was not a surgical candidate. And we were told she would never walk in her wheelchair. Well, she she proved everyone wrong. She had spastic reflexes. And at the time that we adopted her, we were living on a mountain. We had like a 35 degree grade between our shop and the house we were renting next to the shop. And the thing about dachshunds is they only have two speeds, on and off. <laughs> That's and, true. <laughs> and when they're on, they're running. <laughs> so when I would walk her on, on the pavement, she would not even try to use her legs uh, because she couldn't use her rear legs in a fast enough motion to keep up with her front legs. But when I made her walk up the mountain, it slowed her down and made her try to use her back legs. So it was only a matter of a couple of months and she was walking in a normal gait pattern in her cart all the time. Oh, awesome. She was She's really... such a cute girl too. I see her picture on your website. Oh yeah. She was adorable. She was a very attractive little dachshund and she did a great job representing the company. In fact, Daisy is responsible for pet insurance covering dog wheelchairs. Oh, was, well, there you go. Day. There's a whole nother reason for your existence, right? I know. I know. We were at our first um, major veterinary conference, you know, huge vet shows in Las Vegas, 10,000 vets. And um, BPI was a new company, Veterinary Pet Insurance. It was 2004. And... Uh, I walked into the booth and all of these guys in shirts and ties were busy talking to each other. And But Daisy was so distracting, they all looked away <laughs> at the dog. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and I said, I just want um, 30 seconds of your time. And they said, okay, what's your pitch? And I said, a dead dog does not buy pet insurance. Some dogs are not surgical candidates. This dog was not a surgical candidate. A $3,000 back surgery, a $300 cart. Take your pick. And they said, oh, wow, look at that. What a good idea. And um, the head of, uh, of VPI ended up adopting a, a paralyzed dachshund and using it in his advertising campaign. And oh, my gosh. Uh, just about just about every pet insurance company in the country now covers wheelchairs. That is awesome so. story. Well, I also have a dachshund. And so I know how those dachshunds are. And I was like you, <laughs> I didn't, I was not a dachshund fan until I got one. Yeah. Perfect baby substitute though. Oh yes. Her name <laughs> is Holly, but we affectionately call her Holly. God damn it. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> um, yeah. And I see that you are friends with some of my friends, the folks that run the Lovey Loaves Rescue here in Florida. Oh, yeah. 
Sherry Wells is an amazing rescuer and uh and yeah, she's great. We've um we're very privileged to have that relationship with her cuz she does such a remarkable job fixing those dogs and getting them their cards and finding them good homes. So people it's who are listening so- um, can always refer back to the interview that we did with uh, Sherry Wells on her Lovey Loves podcast. Um, Sherry mm-hmm. is uh, not only a podcast friend, she's a personal friend because she lives here in central Florida where I live. Right. Yeah. She's a lovely person. I've met her a couple of times in the flesh and it's She's wonderful. She's really an inspiration. Yeah, I love what she says when I asked her, why did you call your rescue Lovey Loaves? Because she really does specialize in dachshunds. And um, Mm -hmm. she said, because when you look at a dachshund, they just look like a little Lovey Loaf of bread. (laughs) Right. I know. (laughs) And they do. Yeah. So, um, Amazing things that you're doing. And I think one of the things that you're known for is that your products are very affordable. Well, they're not as affordable as I would like them to be, but we try and keep them um, affordable. Um, We have competitors who uh, make one size fits all carts that come from China and are not the same quality as what we make. But um, you know, we have we have 14 people on crew and price of materials and supply chain issues. The last two years have just been a nightmare. But yeah, we try and make it affordable, certainly compared to a surgery and some of the other things that um, people spend money on for their disabled pets. Uh, not to um, put down animal rehab, but our carts are rehabilitation in themselves. Uh, I do believe in animal rehab and I take my dogs to rehab people when they need it. But um, you don't really need to do the underwater treadmill if you've got your legs on the ground and, and are uh, going for a walk every day. So um, so I think, you know, overall it, it becomes, uh, over the course of time, it becomes very affordable when you think of the price of the cart as opposed to other options. And, you know, the, it, for me, it's about quality of life. You know, oh, sure. If the dog Absolutely. can get up and go for a walk every day, you know, it, so they, you know, we, they start now, they used to start at 300. Now they start at four, 450. Um, but still, with the price of everything going up, we try and keep it within a price point that people can afford. Yeah, I think that's lovely. And I see that you even offer some options for perhaps um, purchasing a, a used cart or allowing people yeah. to donate carts. People do donate their carts and I'm always happy to sell a used cart. In fact, I sold one the other day and it was a dog that lives in rescue, which really made me happy because I like to give um, rescue groups the best possible price. We give regular regular discounts to rescues but when i can uh, provide them with a, a used cart for less than half price with modifications for that dog um, it really makes me happy and that's why people donate them back they want they want to know that their cart is helping a dog who might not have been able to get a cart otherwise 
Absolutely. I think that's fabulous. So um, I hope that if we have any listeners that have carts that they're not using or are people who might need a cart that they will reach out to you. Yes, I hope so too. I hope so too. A man came in today with a cart that his dog used for three years. Um, and uh, he, he donated it back. It was for his English bulldog. And um, he was so sweet. He, he had a little note and a picture of his dog. And he said, please, whoever you, you give this card to, please give them this note. I hope they learn about unconditional love from their dog the way I learned from mine. Oh, that's very, very sweet. Yeah. All right. Here's the thing I find amazing, too. You even have carts for cats. Oh, cats and pigs and alpacas. Yeah. Oh, cats and pigs and alpacas. Goodness gracious. Yeah. 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 We've done quite a number of alpacas. Um, we do cats pretty regularly. Um, we've done a few rabbits, so I prefer to meet my rabbit customers. Rabbits are kind of hard to make remotely. Um, cats aren't, aren't a problem. Cats are pretty easy. We've never been able to convince a cat to use a front wheel cart. Um, but that's because it's a cat and not a dog. So. <laughs> that's interesting so, yeah. that a cat won't use a front wheel cart. No, no, I don't think so. And the thing about cats also is that um, I really encourage people who are getting a, a, a cart for a cat to consider taking the cat for a walk um, on a leash because it's kind of boring hanging out in the house in a cart. You know, there's, there's not much incentive. Um, one of my customers a long time ago, if you go on YouTube, you can Google uh, Cleo, the cat on wheels. And um, she, uh, she was a Siamese cat that lived in New York city and he, he made a, a fantastic video of her walking on Upper Broadway, going shopping and chasing dogs. It's a great video. Um, so cats, cats kind of need to go outside. They need to have an incentive to use a wheelchair. Okay. I've seen some amazing videos. Some dogs, some three-legged dogs, they don't seem to know that they're even missing a, a, a limb. That's right. But once they... Um, get tired of, of running constantly. They walking is hard on, on yeah. three legs, you know, um, and you're kind of pounding into that cervical spine. Mm -hmm. um, and eventually after a few years of hopping and running yourself ragged and then laying down because three legged dogs can run really well, but walking is more challenging. Okay. Um, I see that. Yeah. And I see that you even and, have uh, training wheels for dogs that just need a little bit of extra support. Yeah. Yeah. We can take the lift the weight off the back or the front, whatever we need to do. Um, yeah. So I'm a, I'm a huge believer in, in our front wheel cart division. I think that it can be used preventatively to uh, preserve the function in the remaining front leg, uh, preserve the carpus and the elbows, the shoulders, cervical sure. spine. Yeah. Um, and if you look at a three-legged dog, they're always bringing everything to the middle. You know, they bring their front legs under their chest. They bring their back legs forward. They're trying to redistribute their body weight to the center. 
uh, and that will create a curvature in their spine. So, and the spine is, you know, the nerve center that's, that's very important to maintain a healthy spine. Um, so that's our goal is always to create a long level spine. Um, I work with a rescue in, in the United Kingdom called Flory's Friend Rescue. And she specializes in bringing over dogs um, from Eastern Europe that um, have fairly uh, dramatic spinal cord injuries. And most of them have completely rigid back legs that won't bend at the knee. I don't know how these injuries happen particularly, but so, so putting them in a cart with stirrups is very difficult. Um, um, we can bring their legs up under their bellies and do what we call forward hanging stirrups, but that changes the angle of the pelvis. Um, and then when they're not in their wheelchairs, they're constantly having to deal with these legs that are in their way. So this, this woman at Flores has decided that she will amputate these legs and uh, turn them into bilateral amputees. And then she creates these wonderful garments for them so that when they're in their wheelchairs, they're not messing up their, their uh, rumps. Mm-hmm. And she diapers them as they, if they need to. But these dogs fly in their rear wheel carts. We make a, a special saddle cover that's nice and comfortable for them. We tie them in in front of the saddle, both above and below, so they can't escape from the cart. And they are just flying around the English countryside. You know, I I would not have. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, she basically says these legs are useless. They're, in fact, a hindrance. So let's do without them. So she does. So I, um, so I have some of the same questions that maybe other people have sometimes um, about can, can pets actually lie down in their carts? Nope. Not unless they're dachshund. Okay. That's only because <laughs> dachshunds only have three inches to drop to go right. to lay down. Now I have a six pound chihuahua now. His name is Finch. He has a very deep barrel chest and he does lie down in his cart. He rolls over to his bed. He goes into his downward dog position. Uh, And it does no harm to him at all. It's fine. Um, But when a dog wants to lay down, generally, they will tell you with their body language by lopping into downward dog. And that's when you take them out of their wheelchair. So um, give them a little rest. And then when they're ready to run around again, you can put them back in their cart. Exactly. Exactly. And it well, is and a if, very simple if, card to use. Yeah, it looks like it. I mean, it looks beautiful. And so if, if folks need help with measuring, you can help for that purpose as well, right? Absolutely, yeah. We have made about 30,000 wheelchairs now. And um, after the first thousand or so, we began to, and, and we also measure them here. So we have a lot of hands-on experience in measuring dogs. So, you know, when we first started, we didn't know what we were doing. Um, we had a we had a Smithsonian guide to all breeds of dogs, and we were looking at those pictures and trying to figure out proportions. Um, but mostly, we started measuring dogs ourselves, and we started noticing mathematical formulas. Um, 
So, you know, now we know that the pelvic floor of most dogs is two-thirds as high as the shoulder blades are. So when we get measurements that make no sense, we ask for a photo and we make corrections. And that's how we do custom cards for people all over the world. With the help of the internet and digital photography, we can check and remeasure and make corrections to measurements. Because sometimes, you know, it's hard to measure a dog who can't stand up. Um, right. it, yeah, it takes sure. a team. Yeah. Yeah, it takes a team. And, you know, we have lots of directions on the website. And the first thing we say is get your team together. You need at least two other people um, to take good measurements. Um, but even professionals um, will make mistakes. And that's okay. As long as we have the photo, we can fix it. Um, but we know that, for instance, for a dachshund, if A, the top of the scapula is nine inches, the length of the body from the shoulders to the rear leg is going to be nine inches, and the top of the thigh is going to be three inches, and, and, uh, and the pelvic floor to the ground is going to be six inches. And the only thing we can't um, figure out is how to verify the width. But we have directions and we have a lot of experience. So we ask, we ask questions and have people double check things. We really want to make a car that fits beautifully, um, that fits comfortably over the shoulders and holds the pelvic and hip area um, so that there's not a lot of sway. So. Excellent. Well, and yeah. I see as well on your website at eddieswheels.com that um, people can come visit you by appointment. Absolutely. Yep. Yep. That's yeah. I had two appointments today. Yep. I did a, a fitting uh, half an hour ago for a lovely old black lab and uh, he did very well. He liked it. He said, okay, I can go now. <laughs> Excellent. And usually it's a five minute learning curve. You know, it's like, okay. As a matter of fact, he was walking in the cart while I was buckling up the chest strap. So Wow. So they really just take to it immediately. Well, it feels normal. We're putting them back to normal. You know, we're not we're not uh not like a human wheelchair where you're sitting down. We're putting them back in a normal, healthy stance. So um for most dogs um, it's very quick. They say, yeah, I got this. And they're I got off. it. Yeah. 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 All right. The challenge now is to find a cat who can actually operate a, a, a front a wheel cart. Car. Yeah. yeah. We tried, we tried. My daughter drove, uh, rode, uh, flew all the way down to NC state vet school. There was a vet tech there who had a cat who needed a front wheel cart that I, I know this cat, he's more of a dog than a cat. He, he didn't want to have anything to do with it. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, we so, are so grateful for everything that you're doing for um, dogs that need carts. And we won't call yeah. them dogs with disabilities because they don't really have disabilities, do they? No, they're, they're, they're um, enabled dogs, you know. They're not disabled. They're enabled. Enabled, yeah. So. And they're wonderful. Yeah. Yep. And they don't feel sorry for themselves and they make you laugh every day. I'm sure so they do. Yep. Yep. 
So what would you leave us with, Leslie? Well, if you suddenly have a dog with a disability, don't despair. Um, And uh, I always say we only make cards for the best dogs and the best people. So um, I, I think that, you know, when you have a special relationship with an animal, the way to honor it is to give them the best life they they can possibly have for as long as they can. Um, and as long as the dog is not in pain, a card is a great solution. So. Yeah. Well, you have a lot of happy customers on your website at eddieswheels.com. We appreciate you and Um, To all of our listeners, we appreciate you as well. And as you know, my favorite thing to say is until there are none, please adopt one and protect your pets with a pet trust. Um, We don't want anybody to become disabled or deceased and have their pets not have a home or a way to be taken care of. So thank you for joining us. And to all of our listeners, until next time. Happy tails. Thank you for joining us on All My Children Wear Fur Coats with your host, Peggy Hoyt. We hope you learned something valuable for the benefit of your pet. We want to keep loved pets in loving homes by educating pet parents about the importance of ensuring every pet has a forever home. Get more information about creating a legacy for your pet at AnimalCareTrustUSA.org or LegacyForYourPet.com. Buy a copy of All My Children Wear Fur Coats, How to Leave a Legacy for Your Pet on Amazon. Join our email list or make a donation. Pet professionals and advisors are invited to join our trusted advisor network. Until next time, happy tales.